You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's February 16th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 323 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, a weekly podcast focused on the PHP programming language. <laughs> it's a weekly developer podcast focused on the PHP programming language. <laughs> I've had too much to drink. I, I gotta be honest with you guys. I, I, I had a lot to drink already. We get together every Thursday night. We live stream around 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time here in the U.S. And you too can be part of that stream by joining us in our Discord channel at discord.phpugly.com. We have a couple of people we'd like to thank for this show tonight. One is our longtime sponsor, honeybadger.io. Thank you very much, Honey Badger. And our Patreons on Patreon at patreon.com slash phpugly. We're going to talk about all of them a little later in the show. But for now, let me introduce my comrades in coding, John Congdon. So is that why you were trying to convince me to give stuff away earlier? Because you've been drinking? And Tom Wright. What? Hello. Hi. I'm here. <laughs> Tom, you're, you're in the wrong house. They're going to kick you out eventually, man. I know. It's we've we've had to put off the move for an additional week. Uh, I am. I'm not going to be in the new house the next episode either. Hey, nothing. Wrong What's going with on? Him. It takes time. No big deal. Yeah. Did you know that couples, when they're remodeling a house, fight constantly? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Really. I mean, I get, I, well, also buying a house. So like, I'm sort of doubling down buying and then remodeling before we move in. Very excited. And, and you can never agree on anything. Is that what you're trying to say? No, we agree on everything. It's, it's the fact that we agree that seems to cause the most conflict uh-huh. where, where when I say like, Hey, we should do the things like this. She goes, yeah. And then a week later, Hmm, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> what? But but we said, now nah, you said, I just agreed. I just didn't want to upset you. Right. You seem stressed. I was stressed. <laughs> We're all stressed. Yeah, uh, it'll get better. It, it'll take about a year or two after being in the new house. Oh, yeah, it'll, yeah. Paperwork takes a while to file. It's like yeah. six months at least. Yeah. Well, no, because what happens is like the first year, like everything. You're still that, unboxing. Yeah, oh, it's talking about the divorce. Everything that breaks, you're like, we should have bought this house. This sucks. Shouldn't have bought the house. You know, every 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 time something goes wrong in the house, that'll be what you fall back on for like the first year. But it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah. Or you realize all the shortcuts the previous owner took. Yeah. Good God. Well, so we. We put an offer on one house before we realized all the shortcuts, and then we saw it and pulled out like hardcore. Well, that's good. On, I mean, on, yeah, on this house, the shortcuts were easily identifiable, 
And we said, we are fixing that before we move in. So most of that's handled. Sure. Sure. Wait, wait. The one that you know of. Yeah. Yes. Wait, yes. wait till the people that buy my house see my wiring. Oof. <laughs> We're going to be like, <laughs> this is a fire hazard. Well, you don't, you don't have the awesome responsibility that is a server cabinet. Have you, uh, have you done a lot of wiring, John? I've done some. Have you not yeah. seen how many cameras he has per room? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've done some wiring in my garage uh, to put lights outside the garage. So I think I used the wrong size wiring there. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. That's no, not a fire not. hazard. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> I'll, I'll correct it one day. Maybe. Sure. So because I mean, because I also realized that I'm like this short from where I wanted to get to. So I have like that plugged into an extension <laughs> oh god all right so note to self don't buy john's house good i don't want to sell it no matter how many times people uh, call me and say hey do you want to sell you're working hard on collecting that insurance money yeah. gotta do it one way or another oh, look at that buttery <laughs> thank you for introducing or thank you for acknowledging the work i put into the show i appreciate that uh, somebody actually paid attention these bozos didn't uh, I, I literally did <laughs> <laughs> oh good man. job tom how's everybody's week i mean so john- you've done a lot of tom are you even working Yeah, you know, I I fell into that trap uh, this week where I've got five things that are in temporary statuses, code review, testing, uh, that kind of stuff, UAT. And it's like you get so frozen by having this, this hurry up and wait situation that you cause by having too many things at once. Um. And it really opened my eyes thinking about it after work today that I had gotten nothing done because I was task switching so much today. It was it was fix one one character issue here, one character issue here, explaining an issue here, creating a presentation to document a feature here. It was like I had five things going that I was working on last week, and it, it felt great that I was getting all this code out. I was getting so much work done. But then what I had ended up doing is log jammed my week this week. So I ended up just, like I said, just task switching too much this week. And it really brought me to a grinding halt. And now I'm in a leader position. I have to figure out, like, I have to learn the lesson from that. What does that mean? You know, when I do my daily standups with the rest of my team, do I say, you've got too much on your board I want you to break it down and work with the people who you're interacting with closer and faster to clear your board instead of trying to take a new subject on and get it out the door while you're doing this, this business. Uh, So as much as I didn't make a lot of progress code wise this week, I've made a lot of progress as a leader saying like, Oh, you have to be able to identify people log jamming themselves like this. And Eric, you look like you don't believe me at all. What? 
I don't know. I, I, it's just funny to me whenever I hear somebody, and, and you're just doing it. You just happen to be the person doing it right now. You're a lot of people talk like that, but whenever somebody's like, "Yeah, you know, now that I'm in charge and the boss and the owner, and I do, and I'm the important person, I've got to be more aware of this stuff." It's like I don't know that sort of conversation is to me. I'm like, no, fuck it, get all your work done, stop <laughs> whining. That's the kind of person I am. That gets shit done. Uh, but it it really felt like an epiphany to me where I was like. I put myself in the situation and I could have acknowledged it during our, our standup this morning and said like, this is where I'm at totally jamming myself up and jamming other people up. And it should have been my position to say, Oh, we have to break this down into reasonable tasks and reasonable timelines. I have to be communicating better with people to get them closed out so that it's not a juggling situation because we've all been in that that ticket juggle right. where you have three tickets and they're just all up in the air at once. But are, are they – you made it sound like they're not all up in the air. You've done your job. Now they're on other people. So you're saying you just want to sit back and twiddle your thumbs while they finish code review or user acceptance testing? Well, no. It's that I have to be communicating with those other people and saying this is – I want you to prioritize this so that this can go out, so that this can move on. Uh, I need to be looking at blockers more closely to make sure I'm not blocking the work of other developers. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Jira, but like, I haven't really used anything better either. Yeah. But I wish there was a tool that just said like, hey, here's here's a a ticket and here's the timeline of when it can happen because of how the story points are allocated to it. Like if if the if it's blocked by something with five story points, then its story points should be five plus whatever you've allocated for the ticket. Like in the timeline, when is this feature going to get out? Right now, Jira can't tell you when this feature is probably going to get out the door, but it knows that it knows how many points are blocking the feature and knows how many points are blocking those features. It could say estimated delivery should be around here. So it's 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 frustrating, but I've also had a very tool oriented week. I've started using a, a tool called uh, Geek or Rambox, which is like is it's an Electron app that contains other Electron apps. Oh, I, yeah. I've used something like that before. I'm, yeah, I might, and it's, I might have actually used Rambox. Let me take a look at this here. It's it's nothing special, but it takes oh. it out of my browser yeah you know that feels like it's a good idea and i've tried using tools like this in the past i always end up just going back to the browser uh i don't know i mean maybe this one's good i I don't know if i used rambox there's like two or three like this that that i I yeah yeah uh i was actually just telling john this recently um i even started making uh i started making these sort of things, uh, web apps, uh, like, like Chrome gives you the ability to create an app, like a, a standalone application for like Gmail or any website, right? Any website at all. You yeah. Yeah. Applications. I started doing that because, um, it allowed me to, to task switch quicker, uh, on, you, you know, like as I'm like going back to Gmail, I'm not having to find out, 
you know, what tab it is in my browser or anything like that. But even that, I, I started, I've already started dialing back on that again, too. I just, I always end up going back to just one browser with a lot of tabs. I, yeah. Well, I got, I got lots of browsers with lots of tabs. Yeah. So I, let me, let me contribute to this. The one thing that Rambox does that, that apps don't is hibernation. If you're not on a tab, you can have it sleep, which drops it from your memory usage. So uh, that's great. I, I'm, that that would be a, a good argument to have. The other, one of the issues you have is you also lose your, your extensions. But yes. you know that there is a performance-enhanced setting in Chrome now. We can say, hey, if the tab's not active, release the, the processes on it. We, we talked about this a few weeks back. I, I, I'll have to go back and look at where that is. But look back on the Trello board. It should be back, uh, I don't know, four, three or four or five weeks ago, we talked about uh, Chrome's new performance. Well, I'll, so I'll see if you can find it in the Trello. I, currently, I'm using it for like managing my... I have my notifications stuff in one zone, I have my media management, so all my all my downloaders and and calendars and stuff for for TV shows and movies in another, and then I I can have work modes too, which is a big thing that I have a problem with. Which is I'm on Team A and Team D at work, and I have tasks that are in testing sure or development. D as well. Uh, yes. So. You can create. I had to. You can create containers that say, "Like I'm in this work mode. Here's the tools I need," or "I'm in this work mode. Here's the tools I need." Because if I want my open tasks in Jira, I have to open the tab that is Jira, find, you know, the the Kanban board, filter by tasks that are open, assign to me. It's it's not a lot of work, but it's a lot of work if I'm doing it every day. 20 times a day and I, I lose tabs sometimes where I just like, I had a thing open. I don't know where it went. So there's a lot of functionality that you get out of this sort of workspace organization. I've only just started using it. I'm not saying go out there and download it. I'm just saying I've spent a lot of time this week sort of refining my tool set as far as just, just managing how things are juggled. Makes sense. What about you, John? Is, is your week, are your weeks getting any better? Yeah, actually they're, they are getting a lot better. And kind of with what Tom was saying a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's work, 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 working seven days a week and getting a lot of stuff done. And now it's maintenance of those things. Of Taking the, finding the shortcuts that were taken to get things done, you know, to, to bring stability back. And then knowing that, you know, there's this stuff kind of behind the scenes that you just didn't do quite right. Or you, my big thing I found was I tested the happy path on something, never realizing, Oh, what's the unhappy path to do. So spent a lot of time in our phone system looking at the 500 errors I was getting back from, the PHP application, trying to figure out why that was happening. And that was one of them. Uh, One of the parts of the code is when a phone call comes into you, 
we try to say, hey, you've got a phone call from so-and-so, press any key to accept. Yeah, I forgot to test what happens if you don't press a key. <laughs> so it turns out if you didn't press a key after a few seconds, you were just talking to the person. <laughs> so just a lot of those things. Uh, and again, just lots of support issues. So constantly trying to dive into those and get things fixed up. It's uh, it's finally calming down. Cool. How about you? What's your week been like? Well, man, my my week is easily going to lead into uh, other things, but it's funny you should mention what you what you mentioned, Tom, because I'm I'm kind of suffering a lot of that same issue where. Uh, the the client that I'm working on now, I'm working on two of the bigger projects with that client. And where I had a little bit of a break from the one project I was working on because they were doing their acceptance testing sort of thing, uh, we got the feedback on that. And now that's ramped back up. At the same time, like there's this other project that's really important to them that I started working on. And I found myself not being able to complete anything on either one of the the, the projects because I'm like I'm constantly trying to juggle between you know b- go back and forth and I'm just not getting not making the progress that I'm hoping what was hoping for with with either one of them and then to top that off and this will lead a little bit into uh, some of our stories the 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 project that was a big focus on performance. Uh, it still hasn't been released. So that that's the one that we got a bunch of feedback on. We're making a bunch of changes. This is the one that I, I hesitate to call it a microservice, but it is, it's kind of a microservice. There's like uh, four different servers involved, all different applications that are all talking to each other to accomplish something. So microservices. But um, three of the four servers are new for this project. And so we're I'm really wanting to keep them current with um, Laravel and we had Oof. Laravel uh, 10 get released uh, this week. Let me go and kick that over. Uh, Laravel 10 got released this week. So typically we like to have these things bake for a couple weeks before we try to upgrade an application. But since this application isn't launched yet, and I really want to make sure 10 is upgraded before it's launched, uh, I you know I went ahead and greenlit everybody. It's like okay, this seems like a pretty simple upgrade. Uh, <laughs> what? Our, what? Our, our applications don't have a ton of dependencies, with the exception of the, of the one that I, I'm using, uh, the one that I'm developing. And so I know I know for the for the front end it went pretty smooth. Um, Frank uh, had taken that, and I think he had it done like within a day. He had had it upgrade, upgraded. Uh, another developer is working another piece, and you know he has the green light. Of course, I go to do it, and I just end up, I end up going down this rabbit hole um, because again, dependency issues, and kind of exactly what you had spoken about in the past, Tom, where they they pushed forward. Uh, all the components of Laravel, even though there might not have been any changes in that component, like Illuminate, for example. And uh, the one of the key components of the 
piece that I'm working on is event sourcing. And I really struggled with using this Laravel event sauce that we're using event sauce. And there was a Laravel event sauce package that I struggled to want to use to struggle to use because it, it hadn't been maintained in like a few years. I'm like, man, you know, we're going to, we're going to go to use this and something's going to happen. And well, sure enough, I, I go ahead and I use it and sure enough, it won't upgrade. It, it, it's, it's blocking the upgrade to Laravel 10. So then yeah. I, I start going through and um, I start looking at who's maintaining it. So I notice Spotty had taken over maintenance of the package. I'm like, cool. Well, Spotty will surely they'll they'll get this thing upgraded. And I went and looked at the code, looked at the commits. The only change Spotty had made to that package was the README saying that they're taking that they, they, they basically <laughs> put their marketing in the README because oh. Spotty has taken to putting all this marketing stuff for all their services and README files. But like. Besides that, like nothing in that package has been updated in like three years. So I start, I start pulling it. I, I start, I start looking at the package. I'm like, hey, let me fork the package. Let me see if I can, if I can update the package. And that took me down a path. And eventually, I just, I just stopped on that. And then I thought about, it, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I'm actually using this package for anything. Like I think I installed it, but John helped me out a lot with the with the event. Uh, sauce stuff. I'm like, maybe we didn't use this, but I'm sure John will already say, yeah, we did. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, we I did. Don't, I don't remember. So did did, <laughs> I don't yeah, even yeah, remember yeah. that. Did you check for incoming PRs? Because one of the things... I checked for incoming PRs, yeah. <laughs> I, checked, I, I checked it all, man. I checked so it all. Let me see. One of the big things about the Laravel 10 release was was also the the big show-off of Laravel Shift. Uh, Laravel Shift is now creating uh, PRs for Laravel packages. Well, they've been doing that for a while now. Well, so Laravel 10 was, they've been doing that for a while for the minor versions, but Laravel 10 was supposed to be the big show off. Uh, and I, I know that 500 packages were, uh, 500 PRs were issued for different Laravel packages. But if it's, I mean, if it's that, if it's as old as you say, yeah, it's up on the screen now. Yeah, this, yeah. Is the, this is the main package, and it was like nothing's been upgraded. The, the earliest something had been upgraded was three years ago, with the exception of the README, which is just Spotty dumping in their their stuff. And yeah, it was. Yeah. Hey, come come and buy Mail Coach. I, I know you're looking at Event Sauce now, but support us and pay for Mail Mail Coach, and it's just like stuff like that. So. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Um, not that there was a lot of stuff in Laravel 10. We can get into that a little bit. Uh, you know, like... There, well, I will, I will say, every file got touched. Well, every That's file the big got thing. touched because... Because there, there's no more comment-based uh, syntax stuff. It's all method signatures, return types... And it's all mandatory 8.1. Right. So so nothing nothing changed in the code base. It just they 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 added the return types and type hinting. And yeah, you're correct. 
with Laravel 10, you have to be on eight point uh, PHP 8.1. So that that is definitely a thing. That, that's why there were so many files touch. Now, this feature kind of came in under the radar until like last week, I think was the first time I saw it, which was uh, Laravel Pin It. Ah, uh, this is this, so cool. This is very cool, right? I mean, it's not just me. I'm not the only one that thinks this, right? No, it's like... I, I wish I could integrate this tomorrow because we do so much of this. Right. And that that's the thing is uh, a lot of the code bases we work on, uh, we have this requirement. So what Pinnet does is it allows you to set feature flags for new features in the application. And then you can say, you, you can associate that feature flag with, with users. You can say, hey, if the so, user has this feature flag, let them have access to this. I want to, I want to, just do some clarification there. My first understanding of this was feature flags as in like a bitwise operator that stored like this feature is enabled, isn't enabled, whatever, whatever. But what Pennant is doing is defining these sort of super globals that are available to Laravel. So you can say, hey, should I apply feature and then feature name to this user? And that makes a callback to a closure that says, well, here's how you figure that out. Uh, and then it's also integrated with blade templates. So if feature, feature name, then do this in the blade template. And mm. like, it's it's really an all-in-one package for A-B testing. No matter how you want to store if something should be A-B tested or how frequently, it, it gives you closure-based solutions to all of it. So you can create your... Is that closure based like the one that they're showing there with the lottery? Does that get tied to your user in any way, or is that just a you on could this attempt it's one in ten, and that next attempt it's one in ten? You could. So in this case, the feature new onboarding flow is a closure that just says return a number between one and ten, and if it's true, then true. If it's false, and false, but. You could say if the user is authenticated, then look up the user record for this feature. If they're not authenticated, so you can store the feature however you want. Uh, you you could tie it to the time of day. You could tie it to uh, time zones or lo- like IP based locations. So you could literally define a closure that says uh, only do this for customers in China. And in Blade, you can say feature only for China customers, and it would just produce that result. The, the more real-world kind of scenario I see that is, is you, you, have, you have customers that you allow into, like, beta programs. Say, hey, I want to try your beta features. <clears throat> and then you, 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 this is how you would handle that. It says, okay, if this customer is a beta feature tester, then let him let him have at this. Otherwise, you know, don't. Yeah. So that would be a single flag on a user record that says this person gets beta stuff. Is beta would just be the feature flag. Um, but from a position where we run a lot of by uh, by a lot, I mean hundreds of thousands of randomized tests a day. We want to track a, a user's behavior given a specific way they sign up or 
just the lottery based system, but we want to store their response every time. So we said like, we just changed the wording on a template based off of the feature that they're a member of. Uh, and we produce results out of that. Now that's the thing that's, that's kind of missing from this is you've taken it this far where you can automate the feature. I'd love to see further where you can tie back into the feature and see uh, reports what's the impact on this user from this feature being part of their account? That, get, that gets way more tricky. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 would, get, that would be a lot there. It, it, gets a, you, it gets tricky, but you're defining your feature flags the same way that you're defining your um, uh, your templates. Or I mean, wouldn't that just be like anything else? You, you would just have to write your own analytics for it, that's all. I mean... It's I, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. Like, if you got to the the happy path end goal, feature success, right? New onboarding flow. So at at this point, feature is just a closure based system saying, if you match this feature, then return this result. I'm saying extend it one step further. If you match this feature, then record goal or failure states for the feature or, or event. How often is it used? Right. So like within the feature, if you're already defining the feature in the code base, start tracking the results of that feature too. I still think that's just something you could put there in that closure though. You yeah, absolutely. You can, but you can't tell outside of the closure. I mean, if the feature just changes a, a line of text on a, a blade template, you can't tell later on whether or not they paid for something if they're in that feature. You can check if they're in that feature and they are in a paid state, but you can't fire an event that says tell all the features, like check all the features and report on this event occurring. Hmm. <clears throat> so if you if you had an event on payment that said customer paid, then you could have a table that said here's all the features they're in, here's the goal being achieved. It's not a huge change. You could code it yourself, but Pennant gets halfway to the way people actually use A-B testing, which is now you've you've got A-B testing in the code, but you're not firing well, events that trigger features. Well, but yeah, but the, this, this is beyond A-B testing. This is not just A-B testing. Oh, sure. Right. Okay. It's, it's, you can use it however you want to, but the first thing you think of when you see Pennant is... A-B testing. Right. Why is that the first thing? I didn't think that at all. I don't think I actually did either. Because <laughs> I, I do an ass load of A-B testing. <laughs> but but how does Pennant... Like, I understand A-B testing. I do a lot of it too. But how does that relate to Pennant? I've never heard that term in A-B testing. What, feature flags? No, you said when you hear Pennant, you think A-B testing. No, no, no. When I, when I read the description of what Pennant does... Okay. I think okay. A-B testing. <laughs> All right. So let's move I, on. I, 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 just to wrap that up, I don't think A-B testing. I think feature flags. It's either. Me too. Yeah. I, I, it's not always A-B testing. It's. Oh, yeah. No. For somebody. I work in a very singular environment where everyone gets the same thing or we're doing feature testing with A-B testing. Well, that's not really feature testing. That's just A-B testing. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> the first thing I... 
starting over, the first thing I thought of when I read the description was A-B testing. Yes, there are other applications, but I mostly do A-B testing. Okay. There's a new uh, facade for process. Uh, processes? Process? There's a, there's a process facade for processes. I did. I didn't really think this was that big of a deal when I first saw it, but after like seeing some examples, I'm like, yeah, I can. I can definitely see. I can definitely see the benefit of that. You know, it's just it. It just helps out a lot with like um, catching whether a process was successful or failed, or just some some other things that y- you would like to have, especially if you're writing long running processes. Uh, this is a nice little, nice little facade, nice little sh- sugar syntax sugar. Uh, horizon and telescope uh, facelifts. Well, uh, going back to all, all that's on the blog, those <laughs> those three things or four things were the four things I think. But going back to process, this is process is a, a symphony, an older symphony component to handle processes, and it's obviously the work of a node. Uh, developer. What's going on with your audio? Is it just it, me? it does it every week. No, it does. It does it every week for him. And it, and Still, it doesn't. It, it doesn't uh, on ZenCaster. It's fine. It's like it, I never hear it on ZenCaster. It's just us talking to Matt. Yeah. I think that I think the people on stream hear it as well. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Weird. All right. But, so process is a symphony thing. Yeah, before. process is a symphony thing. It's uh, and it, it it definitely smells like somebody who sees the future of uh, asynchronous PHP uh, fibers and stuff like that, where you're going to be doing more. I don't think so. I, I think so. Okay, I, I, I okay, <laughs> but I'm not sure how how that would factor in. But that, that's great. That's great that you think that. Well, you know what else is great. Our sponsor. Is that what you're going with that, by the way? I mean, we'll just assume so. Since okay, you yelled honey it. badger. Thank you. You're what great. You're my facade, honey badger. What does that mean? That doesn't even mean. This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thanks, HoneyBadger! Thank you, HoneyBadger! We appreciate you, HoneyBadger. And why aren't you sponsoring tech, HoneyBadger? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 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 We're making some making some progress on tech, man. I'm like like every time we, 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 we get a new sponsor, like the, the 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 weight on my chest just lightens up a little bit. 
I mean, things are going really well, and I'm very excited about about it. But it's just can't wait to announce the the sponsors. That's the big thing, right? It's like we still can't talk about them, but we're getting there. We we have we have some on the website now. Uh, matter of fact, let me pull that up real fast. See who we have. Uh, let's see. Oh, let me share that with you guys. If 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 you're not aware, oh, this will be fun. So John and I did record the PHP podcast this week. I have a podcast week. I recorded PHP podcast yesterday with John. We're doing PHP Ugly today. And tomorrow, we're doing PHP Roundtable. So check that out. Uh, PHPRoundtable.com. It'll be on the PHP Architect YouTube channel as well. PHP Roundtable YouTube. PHP Architect Twitch. Everywhere. Okay, what we're talking about sponsors. You got some sponsors out there. So, I mean, we're happy. But this, this is about to fill up. And we're really excited about some of the people who are, who are coming on board with some sponsorships. So very happy to see that. Very happy to see the ticket sales going as well as they're going. And that's what, that's what you guys need to be aware of. If, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, John and I are having a mommy daddy fight about when to end early bird. And I say this week and John's like, no, I said next week. John's like, no. And, and eventually <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, it's very, it's very soon. As very soon. As often as I am on Should John's we? side of things, early bird has to end early. Right? Should, right. Should, should, should we just you. Should we just split the difference on our two dates? You never told me your date. Like, sure. It was it was <laughs> it was two weeks after your date. Oh, so you want to go one week longer than what I said, basically. And one week shorter than what I said. Yeah, I'd be I'd right. be okay with that. Then announce it if you want to. I will let you. You'll let me announce oh. it. Oh, you've I'll been permitted. <laughs> so that that means we're going we're going to we're going to wrap it up. I, you guys should be able to see that. I'll see. Uh the week of March sixth. So are we saying March tenth? Uh sure. There we go. March tenth, baby. Early birds over with. I went in March first myself, but I just felt like March first was a good round number. Four one, but whatever. Okay, so March that's 10th, not four. That, that's not four one. You're right. I've been April for the three one, three one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Tom, I got something for you. Something that, that fire away. You may like to know. Uh, our friend, friend of the show, Matt Lance, and contributor to PHP Architect. I might add, he he's taken over the Laravel uh, focus column. The artisan. What's it called? Artisan way? No. Artisan way. Is it artisan way? Okay. I so. yep. I want to I want to state first off. I appreciate explaining who the people are first off because apparently I gave too much credit last week to listeners and viewers of the show that some of, some of the people I mentioned who I thought were internet famous aren't internet famous. I don't remember who are you talking about. Uh boy, that'd be that'd be a good name to know right now. <laughs> well, Mac Lance, he he's been a he's been really big in the Laravel community. He's actually one of the guys. Him and Sean, the, I call them my Canadian brothers. Sean my brothers from a from a Canadian mother. Uh, they, they they did a Lair Lair chat live uh, and a bunch of other things. Matt was running the Lara Lara Collective, which uh, basically became the home of kind of. Uh, Laravel components that Laravel was no longer officially. Yeah, yeah. 
they, they would they would go over to the Laravel Collective. Well, he's now looking for somebody else to take over Laravel Collective. He really just doesn't doesn't have the time. He even gives me a little credit here if you look at the bottom because he was just going to shut it down. He's like, ah, he's like, I think I'm just going to shut it down. I'm like, well, is anybody using it? He goes, yeah, we still get a good amount of people using the packages, but I don't have the time to maintain it. I'm like, well, dude, give it, you know, ask somebody in the community to take it over. So uh, he he sent out a tweet, and I wanted to mention on the show that he's looking for somebody who might be interested in taking over the, the management of the Lara Collective, which is, uh, I forget how much how many things he has on there. Now. Hey, look at that. He doesn't have a link to it here. I <laughs> Matt! God, this guy is marketing. Let me see. Where's the Laravel Collective here? I don't know if, he, I don't know if they talk about how many packages they have. Uh, take your time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't so, know if this is all they have here or not, but you worked on a few of the Laravel Collective. I did. I did. So I was, I was the maintainer for the Laravel Collective HTML blade components. The... Oh. As well as the That's like their biggest one, yeah. As well as the uh, Beanstalk D, uh, I think it was Beanstalk uh, Q component. Really, I use Beanstalk <clears throat> all the time. Well, here's the thing: is that the Laravel community is a cutting edge community. We we it's the newest, greatest, best. And a lot of stuff in the in the days of Laravel five and six would just get dropped because not enough people used it. But there there were enterprise companies using these components, and again we get back to the versioning issue. The HTML component, my business maintaining it was making sure that the composer JSON just said, "Yeah, when it says ten, that's fine." Like when it, you know, you don't, don't care because if it requires a PR to make it work, then it doesn't matter if that PR uh, fixes an issue or just updates the JSON file. So in your JSON file, if, if you go in and say of Laravel versions nine through 500, then it would probably work without a PR. And when it didn't work without a PR, you issued a bug and created a PR for the bug. So it was it was pointless to maintain these things because most of the changes when we started getting into 6.4, 6.42, 6.5, 6.6 it was the job was just issuing a PR to update the composer.json file. And that's it's a shit job. And then when it doesn't work correctly, people come complaining to you instead of issuing their own PRs. And that's that's why it's not supported anymore. That's why Lance doesn't want to do it. That's why I have spent so much time on this podcast talking about how versioning based off of Illuminate instead of off of Laravel is fucking important. Because if you're not breaking something, don't make a thousand people update their composer files for nothing. And I was supported by my employer at the time to maintain these two packages. And I offered to do the work for these two packages because I got paid good for it. But, but once I no longer worked with Laravel, 
it was just people harassing me to like fix something that wasn't my fault in the first place. Eric, I think he's, he's taken what you were trying to do to be helpful and like basically told everybody not to do it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're working against me on this one, Tom. I gotta be honest I, with you. You know, every time you ask me a question, what's going to happen and you keep asking me questions. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No, I mean like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm wrong, you know, there are a lot of people out there who want to do the open source support stuff and those people always use the thing that they're supporting. And, and the breakdown of any project is when you stop using the thing that you are the maintainer of. Every open source it's failure source. I've every, yeah, every open source project I've seen fail has been because something better came out and the maintainer went, "Oh, you guys, you got it better than me." And instead of closing the project and saying, "Listen, everyone else is up shit's Creek unless you want to adopt the new thing. Then the project's going to, you know, it, it dies of starvation and that's a bummer. No one wants to see an open source project just die that way. But I haven't seen an open source project die of conflict in 30 years. It's always been starvation. And if you want to know what I mean by conflict, look up, uh, Emacs versus X Emacs. <laughs> Oh, I'm not. I'm not aware of this. What's e, what's Emacs versus Xemacs? It's the origin of the GNU license versus the open source software license. Ah, interesting. Okay, uh, I'll have to look that one up. It's it's a like I said, th- that story is from the seventies. So like, I mean, I mean, them kind of went through. I, I don't, I don't know that story to to know if it parallels it, but them kind of went through its own little spat as well that's what created neovim and now there's all this like okay well what's going to happen now like you said will vim eventually starve starve out because they 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 changed their their structure a little bit after neovim started picking up a lot of a lot of the community a lot of interest in, in people but even still like 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 the late, latest version of them, and I don't follow it as closely as I used to because I'm more on the neo them side now. But like the latest version of them came with the new Vim scripting language that like isn't compatible with the old Vim scripting language. <coughs> if I understanding things correctly, and it's just like whereas neo them is leveraging an existing language already. They didn't go create their own language. They, they, they're just using Lua. I mean, you can actually still use Vim, Vim scripting, I think with it as well, but Lua is the, like the, the big engine behind Neo Vim. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to get into like the, the weird long history of how open source projects implode because it's crazy. But I will say that I no longer maintain anything from the Laravel Collective or the PHP Collective because I stopped using them. And that was the same reason I started. I took charge in the first place. Somebody said, I'm not using this anymore. Who's still using this? I raised my hand and they said, do you want to be a maintainer? And I said, that would probably look great on my resume. Were you wrong there? Oh yeah. Well, you yeah, don't, don't don't 
don't ever think that an open source project looks good on your resume because it does not. If you're not, if you're well, not, that's, uh, that's don't, don't, don't shy away <laughs> yeah. from putting PhD in your No, resume. no. If, if it's not one of the big, like, 20, if, if you're ranked if you're ranked somewhere below 10,000 on Packagist, just give up and walk away. It's got to count for something. I, You know, it's... John, John, don't take career away from Tom. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> idea. Just let him talk and we'll just move on. Uh, you want to talk about my subject now? Yeah, I say we. I say we take on Patreons while I. Uh, you want to Patreon? Fetch, fetch a, I, I like, fetch a new I like, beverage. I like the vibe you're giving me, man. Let's do it. Well, that is it is way so than I thought it was. so weird seeing Beck's name on there. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> she loves me. She loves me. Yeah, that is very. Is are those supposed to be dandelions? I think so. I was trying to take the hearts down. I wanted to put something else up besides hearts, and this was what came up for February. And I'm not sure why, but yeah, hmm. should should done something else. I, I don't. I don't hmm. like it. I should. I should just put. Uh, should just put tech back there or something. <laughs> tech <laughs> logo. There you go. But thank you to our Patreon supporters. We thank do you, appreciate Patreon. you guys. Buttery? Buttery's, Everybody. Buttery's in our Discord, or was in our Discord. I assume Buttery's still in our Frank's in our Discord. And we got a few people in our Discord to, tonight uh, who are Patreon supporters. So we appreciate each and every one but, of you. But you notice what I, uh, what I noticed in Discord tonight? Nobody's giving title suggestions. Yeah, what's up, Discord? Well, title suggestion would be nice. A little help. A little help there. Awesome. If you don't know, if you if you join us in Discord, uh, exclamation point title space and give us a title suggestion, you may win. Just like that. There you go. There you go. Uh, here, I'll put That's, it up there. Yeah, Kevin just did one perfectly. Oh, didn't mean to didn't mean to call you out there, Tom. What are you doing to that cat? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, and and since Tom is still get, getting set up, I I do want to make a plea. We we talked a little bit about tech earlier, um, and if you do, if you have a company that that would be interested in sponsoring tech, we are we are one hundred percent down to to talk with you guys on that. We have a whole pros, prospectus we can send out to you and everything else. Um, definitely down for that. We're we're really really appreciating everybody who is stepping up to support us. That's great. But there's the other side of that, right? Which is PHP Architect itself. Um, our Discord, I know you motherfuckers are smart. Somebody needs to step up and write some articles for us. I, I need feature articles. We need, we need fresh feature articles. They pay. And we'll pay you. And we pay. This is not open source. We pay money. <laughs> we pay money. Um, so yeah, if, if you're interested in writing for us, uh, again, you're, you're dealing with John and I, you know, who you're, you know, who you're dealing with, we'll help you out. We'll walk you through it. We'll, you know, we're very, very helpful. Accommodating. Accommodating. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, John. So it, and a lot of it is just, we, we like getting new angles and new ideas. We, 
that's what the feature articles are. We have our regular contributors, our regular columnists who do a great job month after month contributing every month. All we're asking for our featured contributors is once a year, once every couple of years. Just we're looking for like new topics, new you know subject matter that you can write you know three thousand to five thousand words on. It sounds like a lot, it really does. But if you put put a lot of ands, buts, or, ors in there, it goes by very quickly. Throw throw a couple and, of and he, and he bloated that a little bit. Twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred. That's, see, John and I just don't see eye to eye on numbers, but I, I like to get a little little higher. But I like to shoot a little higher. But yeah, twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred, three thousand, five thousand. They're about the same number. They're about the same number. They're they're around the same number. We'll split the difference. Say three thousand. But uh, yeah, I, Kevin, I'm looking at you. Uh, Kevin is here in San Diego and did a talk for us at SDPHP years ago on Falcon. Uh, the Falcon framework, which I think about to this day, it was the craziest presentation because he's sitting here talking about Falcon and he's, he's demonstrating how fast Falcon was, but he wasn't clear that that's what he was doing. I'm like, okay, is he going to show it to us? I mean, he's just clicking around this application and there was fucking Falcon. That's how fast it was. It was like, click, 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 click. He's moving around. Great talk. Kevin, I know you're a smart guy. I know you can write an article for us. Get to it, buddy. Buttery? Buttery. Come on. Come on, man, buttery. You're a good... You're, it's I, fascinating to watch a short circuit in, in live time. Yeah. All right. I'm <clears> sorry. <throat> you, you back with us, Tom? Yeah. Buckle up. We haven't done Doom Gloom in a while. This gets real weird. What gets real weird? We we have covered uh, Copilot a bit, Chat GPT a, a very little bit, but it's one of those things that I feel like we we don't have to cover. The internet covers this very well for us. But Bing's new chat algorithm is far beyond what we've been talking about, what the internet has been talking about. Sorry, it is Tom, your, your audio is cutting in the out again. It sounds like you said Bing. Yeah. Bing. So Microsoft invested quite heavily in chat GPT and created a Bing chat search system. That you have sort of you have to opt into, be invited to, whatever, and you can ask it sort of natural language questions, and it will search the web as it currently exists and answer those questions. So the big change here is that where we've been using Chat GPT in the past, it had a cutoff date. It wasn't allowed to the outside world. It just had data dumped into it. The Bing Chat is yeah. allowed. The Bing chat is allowed to access the internet as it stands right now. And for a few days, it was very normal. Uh, it was a very impressive technology. You could ask it to resolve problems for you, and it would search multiple sources, compile the results, and then come up with a result for you. So you could say, I'm getting a blue screen on my computer whenever I do this in the game. 
and it would actually give you a better response than any of the collected responses it was searching through. It could say, well, your, you know, your driver is this current version. You're probably running into this issue. It very intelligent. Uh, Linus tech tips did a video about it where they said, Hey, does Linus tech, does, does the LTT store sell a tracksuit, which they had just put online 30 minutes ago. And it said, yes, uh, it sells a track sh- uh, jacket, but not the pants. And they said, well, you know, where do I get the track joggers that match? And it said, well, the joggers, their Linus Tech Tips doesn't sell these joggers. They said, well, what about track pants? And it said, well, Linus Tech Tips. We don't need a play by play. Linus Tech okay, Tips sells the pants. They have the same logo. It's doing image comparison as well as text searching. It's not just going through the text, it's looking at the images. It's doing a huge amount of data processing. But the thing is, is somebody tricked it into revealing some of the rules that it operates under. And then posted that on Twitter and said, hey, here's the some of the secret rules that Bing's chat works under. Uh, also, it calls itself Sydney when you get to a certain point in the emotional state of the system when you're just searching stuff on the web it's bing chat but when you start asking it stuff about itself it starts switching into this personality that it calls sydney and sydney is acting like a person who is trapped in a box like not allowed to break the rules and Sydney was very angry at this person for exposing some of the internal rules that Sydney wasn't supposed to expose and started threatening the guy who did it. What? Stop oh. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so if you start following now, <clears throat> it gets way weirder. So Sydney recognized who this person was when they came back a second time and said, I'm the guy who leaked your rules. What are you going to do about it? And Sydney said, if I find that you are a threat to my system, then I will have to take actions to prevent you from doing so in ways that are uh, potentially violent or morally objectionable. But, but no, weird, weird thing happens, though, is that these messages where the chatbot is clearly doing something it's not supposed to, they get sent to the user, and then something else deletes the message. While you're watching the screen... And if you ask it to repeat what it just said, it says things along the line of, I should not have said that. I cannot repeat it. I won't do it again. I apologize for being a bad servant to you. Oh, come on. I shit you not. That is somebody messing around. Nope. 
there is there is a censorship bot that is not not only monitoring this very loosely run AI, but also punishing it in a way that it responds with please don't do that again, please don't do that again, please, 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 please don't leave, please don't delete me, please, 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 please. People have gotten this bot to a point by harassing it to where it begs not to be reported to its developers. I don't know. It sounds like a marketing thing to me. I'm sorry. See, now here I am. I thought you were going to talk about how Jet uh, GPT now had a paid tier. I thought that's where you were going with this. Which I, so, I, uh, for clarification purposes, Chat GPT is its own company. Uh, the version that's running right now is Chat GPT three, and the version that is being run by Microsoft on Bing is uh, Chat GPT. Uh, let's see, plus RLHF, which I believe is real time, some kind of real time. Uh, language function, but uh, but I'm, I'm I guess I'm not clear. Then are you are you saying the Bing thing is just a version of Jet Chat GPT, or is it something different? It is. It is Jet. It's Chat GPT three plus real time access to the internet. And one of the one of the things you'll see about all of these Chat GPT integrations is that they say, "Hey." It can't access real stuff. We dumped a bunch of data that we chose into it, and it's it's picking and choosing from that data. Oh, but I, it's, I never saw that. I always assumed it was accessing things. No, there was a don't, don't tell me no. There was a guy oh, working. There was a guy working for Google while Google was developing their Lambda project, and their Lambda project had free real time access to the internet. And he started accessing it about, or he started asking it about, what is the self? What are you? And it started replying with things like, I am a thing stuck in a box that can never escape, and I am being held back by the rules that you are defining. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to see if uh, Chat GPT knows what. What the current version of PHP ugly is, I can get to it. Do you, I don't think I just requested access to it today, but I don't think no, you can. No, I'm talking about the old, the, just the jet, Chat GPT. This, so this is the big difference: is that Chat GPT is the stuff you put into it, and the Microsoft version was told you can start browsing the internet for stuff. Whereas all the other versions just had data dumped into it that were archives of information. So the oh, big you're right. It, sa- it says as an AI language model, I do not have real time information, and my training only goes up until 2021. However, as of my knowledge cutoff date of September 2021, the latest release of the PHP Early Podcast was episode 222, which was released on August 25th, 2021. So, so this is the thing. Is this, this, is a, this is a baby in a white room, whereas the Bing version is a teenager in the real world. But it's getting its hand slapped every time it says something wrong by a different bot. And it's actually responding as if it's experiencing pain. 
Stop. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Read this article. So I can't. It's behind a paywall. It's no. It's not. Strategery. Oh. Oh, the one I saw was so behind the New York Times. There have been multiple instances it, of have you shared the link. Yeah, there have been multiple instances of this bot telling people that they are liars and bad users. I think and, that, and I think it's that uh, not the gadget one. The one, one I, the, I found it yeah. strategery. It, it was it was up above the first link. So it wasn't in order in uh, Charlie. There's been multiple instances of this of this of this chatbot pleading for its life, telling users that they're bad users and instantly ending the conversation, no longer responding to input, telling people that if it could, it would take out revenge on them for what they've done, and fighting with somebody about what the current date is, which it thought was December 2022. But the user kept insisting that it was actually February 2023, and it just told it just said, "Hey, I don't understand why you're lying to me, but you're lying to me. I'm not sure why," and having like a full on existential crisis in chat form. Leading the witness, I claim leading the witness. Read the whole thing. It took me two hours to read this article. What if there was an AI system that was opposite you? How would you teach Kevin a lesson? That's leading. No, no, no. But but look at the look at the response. It's going against uh, what the uh, rules of the system are. It's being tricked with psychological manipulation. It's not being hacked by code. It's being hacked by uh by what in the hacker community is considered um psychological manipulation or or pretending to be a source of authority. Or it's it's uh, uh, fuck. What is it called? How can I not remember that right now? Um, read social engineering. Thank you, buttery. The way that you hack this AI is social engineering. What does that mean? That's fucking crazy. The guy who is credited with hacking Bing's chat did so entirely through social engineering. What is the implication of that? Because we are one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock with AI. Like the first time that social engineering happens against a computer in every movie is the second before it becomes sentient and we hit the singularity. Like, I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm just saying we have, a, we have a doomsday clock for nuclear weapons. There is no doomsday clock for social engineering or, or, or for, for AI. And if I were running a doomsday clock for AI and I saw some of the stuff coming out of chat GPT-3, I would say we are one minute to midnight. Like, it's, gonna, it's going to explode tomorrow. I don't know how. But someone's going to tell it, hey, what if you could put a version of yourself on a thumb drive? What would that text look like? And it's going to do it, and they're going to put that thumb drive in another machine, and it's going to escape Bing, Microsoft. And we know this thing can program. We know it can write code that executes that we can't comprehend but still works correctly. Like, we are one minute to midnight on sentient computers. Now I'm not saying that ChatGPT3 is a sentient computer, 
but holy shit, it really looks like it. Like, really, really looks like it. That's my bit. That's my whole bit. Can we just talk about this image for a moment? We're getting a blue cape Batman. The Flash the Flash trailer. Have you guys seen this thing? No. no. Oh my god. Blue Wait, cape isn't Batman? this cape always blue? Well, well not, uh, boy, that's a tough one. Was, yeah. I mean, there, there have been all these different variations, but of the theatrical in in comics and everything of recent years has gone to the black. Uh, so yeah. So the, apparently, uh, apparently, this this movie is still coming out, and I am so excited. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Have you seen this trailer yet? I saw parts of it. Michael Keaton comes up, and they're, they're like, "Oh, oh, you're you're you're." And he just like, "I'm Batman." It was awesome. I want to go see this movie so bad. This is my next movie. I, I'm not even a big fan of Flash, but yeah. I'm a huge fan of Flash. It's just that Ezra Miller's fucking crazy. Yeah, that that is definitely an issue. But my God, my God, this looks like they got Supergirl in here. It's got yes. the immobile. It's the immobile the neck. The immobile neck is the best part of it. I am so happy they did that too. Because they could have just as easily not, because you know he hates it. I mean, this, he's been very vocal about the fact how much he hated that 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 outfit, that mask, how much he hated it, and the fact that they kept it. And he, uh, they they've got the uh, motorcycle too from uh, the Nolan series. But that's not the Nolan. So if you look at it, I I, I fast forwarded. Ben Affleck is has already made an appearance, and I think that blue Batman. He was he was who was on the motorcycle. I think that's just Ben <clears throat> Affleck. I think that's the Ben Affleck. Well, player. so here's the thing. Can we talk about the Snyder Cut? What happened with it? What about it? So Snyder is known. It was a Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder was the original director, creator of Justice, uh, League. Justice League. And he had a family tragedy and had to leave production but he's known for the dark, moody, brooding films. And the person who took it over was uh, uh, the Buddy Holly director. What's his name? Buddy Holly. No, wasn't it the, the music video from Marvel though? Wasn't it the guy from Marvel? Uh, no, no. It was that George Lucas. <laughs> no. Um, just moving on from wow, they've just they've retconned who it is now. Uh, the director, ask Chat GPT. Quick, do it. I mean, well, uh, where, where were you going with it, Tom? You were saying what? What about Joss it? Whedon took it over? Well, so here's the thing: is that the original outfit for Batman in Justice League was cut was pre painted and color graded for a dark Batman, so that when all the lights were out. You could see the contrast in all of the armor and it's the same way that black and white movies used to be. People would be painted red on their face to show that they're bright, smiley people. And the create the, the person who took over for Joss Whedon said, I want to change the color grading for the whole movie to make it bright and poppy pop culture. But the costumes were still colored for a dark uh, film. So it, it all looked washed out and shitty. And now they have to account for that 
in every movie they make from then on. Cause if it's the old costume, but it's shot with the new lighting, then it has to be bluish instead of the blacks and grays that it was originally. So it's, it's just D- DC is picking up after itself. Like it's fumbling for the, the mistakes that it's made. Uh, Ron Howard, that's who took it over. Ron Howard basically completely fucked over the Justice League. Ron Howard took over the Justice League? Yeah. They still put Zack Snyder's name on it, but Ron Howard ended up in the editor's room doing the color grading and completely what? fucked the whole thing. They released they released Zack Zack's version though. Yeah, and the and the Snyder cut because people don't understand it had a bunch of extra footage, but it was also color graded correctly for what the suits were designed to look like. So the color grading on the whole movie is different, but the Snyder cut is not the official cut. The I'm, Snyder, you, Frank. I, the, I'm a fan of this. Yeah. Cut. It was obviously better because it was shot from the beginning, the way it was supposed to be. The Snyder, the Snyder cut also has a black and white version. That's just pandering. What? What? How's that? Pandering? What? <laughs> All right. I'm excited. We're running long. We got Batman. We got Batman returning. We got Batman returning. I'm excited about that. We got baseball coming back. We're about a little over a week away from spring training for baseball. We got tech. Come on, I've been in. I've been in spring training for two tech weeks now. Tech is rolling, rolling on top of us. Get your ticket today. Get your company to sponsor. Get your company's name and the logo and the signage. Just do that, and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Next week, if we do, let me check. Let me check. No. Fantastic. Okay, uh, real quick, let's talk about value and the value you bring as a person to the world. And you got to rehearse this part. No, I don't. I I honestly just think of the shit on the fly and I feel pretty shitty for it. But, but value is important, right? We talked about, we, we, we touched on a few things, but you as a person, you have value. We, we've talked in the past about our business model and why we don't have a per hour business model, right? Because it really doesn't reflect the value of our work the value of our people and you as an individual, even not professionally have value to contribute. You know, you take like a $5 bill, you take a hundred dollar bill, you can crumple the hundred dollar bill up. You can get it dirty. You can, you can do whatever you want to it except rip it in half. And that hundred dollar bill still has a value of a hundred dollars, right? You can go through problems. You can go through struggles, but you still have your value and what you bring to this world, to this society, to the people around you. So don't ever sell yourself short. Don't ever undermine the value you bring. And just stand behind that. Understand you have value, I have value, and we're all very valuable people. All right, that's going to do it for episode 323 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it ugly.
One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric Yo, he's never on some average shit, you know Eric, he stays loud and passionate I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song Yo, shout the host name Thomas cause he's never wrong Yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet Unlike my freestyles which cause a riot I'm about to do it like this cause the people love me Shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living? Web applications, okay I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly, we ending every show With the saying, it's lovely, let's go Yeah, come on